Welcome to Ghoulish Tendencies. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. Indeed. Debunking indeed. Uh, and welcome back. Yes. This is the second part of a two-part episode. Very exciting. On uh, Yeah, very exciting. On Bell Gunnis. If you have not listened to part one, what are you doing? Pause. Like, go, yeah, go, go listen to it. This isn't going to make any sense. Go back. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Cool. Sense? Listening? Going back? Listening to the back. first episode? Do it. What? A <laughs> uh, little refresh uh, for the rest of you. Bell Gunnis, born in Norway, moved to Chicago, got married, got widowed, moved to Laporte, Indiana, got married, got widowed. <laughs> Sensing a trend. Uh, started advertising for a lot of workers who would check in, but not check out. Dun, dun, dun! Yes, very unfortunate. Um, she got involved with one of her farmhands. They had a falling out. He started making some mm, statements about her husband's deaths. And she started getting very vocal about how she thought he would hurt her and <gasps> burn her house down. That's not good. It's not good, but that brings us to April 28th of 1908, in the wee early hours of the morning. Joe Maxson, the new farmhand working for Bell Gunnis, awoke to smell smoke. That's not good. It's not good. He opens the hall door to a sheet of flames. Yikes. He calls out for Belle and the children. He gets no response. So he slams the door. Smart. Uh, he's in his underwear. <laughs> Good detail. <laughs> Leaps from the second story window of his room. Uh, which, like, damn. That's terrifying, man. Like, fire is is one of my greatest fears. I get really paranoid my building is going to burn down. Is that why you get um, so upset when... Millie turns your stove on. You know it is. Uh, I just the thing. I've known far too many people who've had uh, a home or a building burned down. Yeah. Like when I was living in Manhattan, it actually happened oh more often than I'm comfortable with. Um, it's no, it's terrifying. It's terrifying, and I get really hyper paranoid about checking my stove, about candles if I'm burning candles. So this, this for me, this is a thing that would scare me in a way that few things would. Noted. Uh, he races to town to get help. There's nothing to be done. The fire is burning too quickly. It had burned too much. In the end, almost nothing remained of the house. As the smoldering died down, the menfolk start sifting through the ruins, looking for the rest of the family. Before long, they find four bodies together. Oh, that's sad. One adult three children. Oh, that's really sad. Now, their immediate thought is this must be Belle and her three children, Myrtle, now 11, Lucy, nine, and Philip, five years old. Oh, that's so sad. Uh, and there's a little bit of a discrepancy when you read the different reports about where the bodies were found, if they were found in their beds or not. Um, from what I could kind of determine, like, digging through the various reports... Uh, they were not in their beds. Okay. Which were on the second floor. And that's the floor where the fire started. Okay. They were found, and again, there is discrepancy. I saw one account that said they were found with a piano on top of them. What? Pianos on the first floor. Well, if you think about things collapsing, oh. it's possible something collapsed on top of them. Yeah. Um, but they, they were, I mean, again, and everything's kind of leveled at this point. Uh, What's probably the weirdest thing about all this, though, is that the adults, Belle, presumably, appeared to be missing her head. Uh, how'd that happen? That's kind of the question. She was missing other parts of her body, too. So, like, they're like, okay, could her head have just, like, burned? 
But if the rest of her body didn't, then why would her head burn? Yeah, the the head specifically burning when nothing else was. I mean, it was obviously it was burned, but had not been reduced completely to ashes. That's kind of weird. Um, so they they were kind of like, did somebody cut her head off? Wee. And you know what? This actually brought me back to was the episode we did on the disappearance of the solder children. I was just thinking that actually. Yeah, because and and for those of you who maybe have not listened to that episode uh, or or don't know the case, it's it's a it's a very sad, 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 mm-hmm. sad case. A uh, family whose house burnt down and some of the kids were trapped inside, but they never found the remains. Yeah, which ended up being kind of suspicious. And so the family very strongly believed that the children had been taken from the home. Anyway, um, it, it just kind of brought me back to that. Uh, So local physicians are maintaining that, like, no amount of heat could have cremated her skull. Uh, That's a fun fact. That's a fun fact. And they're starting to piece things together. And what it's looking more and more like is that everyone in the house had been murdered before they were, before the house was set on fire. That sounds vaguely familiar. Mm. So it means that... We are officially now dealing with a murder. And what is is further kind of pushing people to believe this is, um, so our friend Ray, Mm -hmm. all of Bell's statements about he's going to burn my house down. Yep. Didn't he say he was going to kill her whole family and then burn her house down? Well, so that's what she was saying. Right, right, right. She said that he said that. Yeah. So people are looking at him with one eyebrow raised being like, hmm. Did you do this, sir? Did you do this, sir? So one article that was written shortly after the fire declared, uh, Mrs. Bell Gunnis and children burned malice at bottom of deed. I do love the drama of old time headlines like malice at bottom of deed. That's just so delightfully melodramatic. It even went as far as to declare, quote, Heroism and the children's dependence on their mother to rescue them from the burning home are depicted by the positions in which the body were found. Mrs. Gunnis evidently had been awakened by the smoke, but her awakening came too late. The story of her rush to her children's rooms, her dragging them from their beds, the struggle to read the open, and finally her collapse as she reached the center of the burning house was told in gruesome picture. That's like melodrama at its finest, right? That is so dramatic. Uh, You think that's what she did? No. She did all those things? No. I don't think she did that. I think that makes for a good article. It makes for a fantastic article. Um... uh, What I will say I found particularly interesting, though, this idea that that Ray Lamphere um, murdered Belle and the children, like, pulled them to the basement, set fire to the house, whatever... Who's still in the home? Isn't Joe still in the home? Yeah. The new farmhand, yeah. Joe Maxson. He's still there. So, like, and, I, you know, I, I could see making the argument of, like, all right, you kill the children. They're probably, God, this is horrible to say, but they're probably easier to kill. They're little. Oh. And Belle's a woman. But, like, Belle was not a no. small woman. No. She was, she was strong. Yeah. She was tall. So if you're going to go through the trouble of subduing her, you may as well do the same to Joe. So that was, I don't know, that's just a detail I get kind of stuck on when people are like, well, he obviously murdered them first and did this. Why would he not complete it? He knew Joe was living there. Now, another article that ran in the Chicago Tribune would detail the events in the following way. The house was completely burned. Not a bit of wood was left. The bodies were burned in the hot debris for 12 hours. Dang. 200 pails of water were necessary to cool the hot bricks so the bodies could be got at. All four were found together. That of Mrs. Gunnis was lying on the back with the body of the boy clasped in her left arm. One of the little girl's bodies was lying face down. That's so sad. It's very sad. And everyone, again, is looking at Ray Lamphere. And when they go uh, 
to, to talk to him, to apprehend him, first words out of his mouth were, did those three children and the woman get out of the building? Oh. Like, I'm sorry. Don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be, be suspicious. suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> like, are you trying to be suspicious? Uh, yeah. I feel like he could have used TikTok very effectively, efficiently, all of the above, uh, if he existed these days. Uh, he would claim he had seen the smoke, which, like, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, he did. Uh, have an alibi, or well, kind of had an alibi. He had, was with was with a lady Ooh. who backed up. Yeah, they were together. Okay, they were together doing stuff. taxes. I don't know stuff, <laughs> stuff and things and things and stuff. I like taxes better though. That's more fun. That's become. I don't know why that's my go to euphemism these days. Uh, they were doing taxes. <laughs> That's really funny coming out of tax season right now. I, I work it, with tax it, stuff. It is. <laughs> uh, now, in the court of public opinion, though, like, he's guilty. He is guilty with a capital G. So he's charged with arson. Further examination of the body that was found, the adult body, led the doctors to say the head had not been cut off and simply burned. So, okay, sure. But, I mean, and again, every doctor is going to have kind of slightly different take. So eh, take it with a grain of salt. Sure. After reading about the awful news, Nellie, Belle's sister, took a train out. Jenny. Do we remember Jenny? Jenny, Wasn't that her sister? No, Jenny was her adopted daughter. Adopted daughter. Real pretty. Yep. Who then was sent away to school. Air quotes. Uh-huh. Jenny's biological sister, who'd kept in pretty regular contact with Jenny even after she was put uh, in, in Belle's care, she was concerned she'd not heard anything from Jenny in years at this point. Oh. So she's like, well, crap. Did did Jenny go back home and was she, could she have been trapped in the fire? Yeah. So uh, her, her sister also came out to Laporte. And then Andrew, do you remember Andrew? I don't. Andrew was one of our last bachelors who was killed. Oh, yes, I do now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew's brother, I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize to any Norwegian listening to us. Um, Asel? Asel. Asel? Is it Asel? Yeah, we talked about this last time. God, did we really? Yeah, I'm sorry. it's okay. So been a week, and I barely remember like two minutes ago That's at this fine. point. I didn't remember who the first guy was anyway. I still don't remember uh, his name. Asel? Asel. Asel. Hard A. <laughs> That's hard A. It's hard. <laughs> Is it hard? It's very hard. It's hard. not flaccid. Ay. Ay. It's not flaccid. Ay. Oh, God. Flaccid. Um, <laughs> Aesel. Aesel, 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 hard day. Okay. Uh, so the ruins of Belle's home are being combed through, partially be- from our friend Joe, 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 uh, uh, Joe the handyman. Aesel goes to the property, and he starts questioning Joe, like, hey, man, out of curiosity, this is a normal conversation that, that humans have. Out of curiosity, <laughs> is there any spot on this farm that, I don't know, like maybe somebody could dispose of a body? Wow. I mean, P.S., to be fair, this is absolutely a conversation I've had before. But, like, that's you. That's me. I'm, I, I'm, I'm so weird. I'm so weird, Gabby. I'm so weird. Also, fun fact, did you know that if you ask Siri where to hide a body, she'll tell you? She doesn't anymore. Oh, she doesn't? They, they took no. that away? They took that away. Rude. It used to be she'd lead you to, like, the local dump. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't do that anymore. Oh, rude. Now she just takes you to a mortuary. That's <laughs> uh, it's a choice. Um, so, uh, <laughs> when I, and, and so, like, Asel, obviously, again, Asel has been suspicious for a while. But what's great is Joe's like, yeah. What? <laughs> totally. No, he's, well... Probably not that enthusiastically, but he he points them over to some holes that had been dug for rubbish by the fence back in March, which again, we spoke about those, those holes that were very specifically sized Mm -hmm. rubbish holes that are just the right size to put a body in. Yep. Rubbish. Well, I mean, (laughs) so the men go and they start digging and what they find would shock them. Not us. We're no. not shocked by this. Not even a little. No. We know, we know what's in those holes. Gabby, tell the people what's in those holes. That's what she said? I don't know. 
Sure. That's gross. Sure. <laughs> wow. Wow. We went there. It was too easy. You set it up so perfectly. There were bodies. There were bodies of, of dead men of her, her ex-husband. Or not ex-husbands. Her actual just, husbands. Well, uh, she didn't marry them. She just killed no, them. No, just killed them. Just dudes. What got to them first, actually, was not finding the bodies. It was the smell. Oh, smell always yeah. does it. Smell of a dead body is rancid. It Ugh. is absolutely putrid. Uh, and before long, their shovel struck a man's severed arm. Ooh. At this point, the sheriff was called for and the men keep digging. Full body was unearthed. Asil Helgelian would later say, quote, I recognized it by the form of the face, across the eye, the forehead, across the cheeks. And you have been with your brother every day for 15 years. You know him. Oh, that's so sad. The body of Andrew Helgelian had been found. An autopsy would later show he'd been poisoned with arsenic and then bludgeoned. So she just had to make sure he actually was dead. Something like that, yeah. That's one. More digging. And before long, more bodies. Autopsies would show uh, that this growing stack of bodies, they'd been killed with a combination of poison, blows to the head, cleavers, hatchets, bodies dismembered so they could be buried in more manageable portions. Oh, geez. Which, I mean, again, uh, from a killer standpoint, I understand the logic behind it, but that means it's real hard to identify the parts of these bodies. Sure. One body was identified as a female because a uterus was found upon autopsy. That's the only indicator, though. The body had been disassembled. Another body of a female would be identified as Jenny. Oh, her daughter? Her daughter. Sad. They unearthed so many bodies, they set up a makeshift morgue. Oh, God. And at this point, too, it's a legitimate circus. Like, people are traveling from all around to watch the spectacle. Yeah. Uh, The previous day, they'd found a spot with four bodies that they'd unearthed. The smell is becoming unbearable. Like, there's just corpses. Many of the skulls, again, had gashes or places where it was obvious they'd been hit. They keep digging. The body count is now up to nine. Dang. Press is going crazy. They're publishing sensational stories left and right. One article was titled Death Harvest of Bell Gunnis. <laughs> Wait, <is> maybe. Right? <gasps> Why didn't we name the episode that? <laughs> Death Har- Oh, it's a missed opportunity. There's got to be a horror film called Death Harvest. If there's not, I'm making one. I'm calling it. Hold Death on. Death Harvest. Right? Or like a metal band. Death Harvest. Like... It's such a great name. Um, it looks like Death Harvest Collector's series is a series is a dark urban fantasy. It's a book. Oh, should be a horror film. Still calling it. Can you hear Terrence in the background? No. Okay, he's yelling at the dog. Spooky's got to be going nuts right now. Sorry, poor Terrence. Um, keep going. Here's where things get really interesting, though. Because now people are saying to themselves, mayhap, mayhap, this headless body. What if, Gabby, what if it's not Belle? I mean, I feel like initially it's more glossed over. Then you find bodies. Then you question the head. Well, also because, wait, was she, did she still have hands and feet Uh, when they found her? 
it was too far. Like there was there was notations that there was other pieces missing. It wasn't super specific. And the thing is, is that the body would have been too far burned to do any kind Even, of fingerprinting anyway. Say, so yeah, it, it, yeah that yeah. defeats the purpose. But like teeth. Mm. Press save on teeth because that's going to become an important thing. Okay. But what there are some speculating is that maybe Belle realizing that the jig is up, that, that you know, Ray is, is saying too much about uh, uh, her former husbands and she's realizing that, like, this is just going to bring questions. Sure. She makes a big show of how, oh, this man's going to burn my house down, fakes her death, and got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. So on top of all this digging and investigating, they're starting manhunts. Dang. And it it should be noted. Like, I, I went through a bunch of old newspapers. Um, this story was so sensationalized. It does get difficult to sometimes separate fact from sensationalism. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the thing is, is you've got H.H. Holmes happening, you know, not too long prior. People are sort of obsessed. And, you know, I've talked to people before about this whole phenomenon where they're like, oh, well, this love of true crime is so new. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. The way we're consuming it now is new. We didn't have podcasts in the 1800s. But this obsession with with murder, I mean, again, you only have to look back on headlines from Jack the Ripper. Sure. You also didn't have the internet. (laughs) You didn't have the internet. So, uh... No, people were were full on obsessed. Uh, theories are being thrown around. They're speculating that that Bell Gunnis engaged in a practice of baby farming. Oh my god! Yeah, which this is not like planting babies in the ground. <laughs> I was this like, is, please this tell me that that's what no. it is. No, this is uh, baby farming. Is when you take infants in for money and then you dispose of them. Uh, there have been a, a handful of female serial killers who did that. They That's they so would awful. you had you had mothers or fathers who could not take care of an infant. Um, sometimes it was a father where the mother had died and he didn't know what to do, or he was a, a laborer and couldn't take care of it. Sometimes it's a woman who's unmarried, so she gives the baby to somebody to raise for her. Uh, it, it was actually like I hate to say it was a common practice, but it it was not uncommon. Sure. And I don't know that this is something she did regularly, but, like, man, she did have a number of children come into her care, and some of them did die under suspicious circumstances. So it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Sure. The local police were, uh, they were able to be a little bit calmer in their theories. Um, they thought that Belle Gunnis was luring men, mostly Norwegian men, immigrant men, to her home under the guise of work or marriage or both. And after they got there and she got whatever money she could from them, she'd poison them, dismember them, bury them, or in some cases, feed them to her pigs. What? Wait, is that why she had a meat grinder? <gasps> no, no, no. You don't need to grind them up before you feed them the pigs. You oh, just need to geez. put them into smaller pieces. Oh, no. Haven't you ever fed a human being to a pig before, Gabby? <laughs> Jeez. Kim says in such a nonchalant way and takes a drink of her beverage. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. No, um, and that actually there's, there's been a handful of serial killers, and there's one specific one I would like to cover at some point. Who dispose of bodies by feeding them the pigs? Like, I, I hate to say Wolf. it, but if you've ever watched Deadwood, that was a whole thing. Um, no, there there are pigs who will eat literally anything, and they are an excellent way to dispose of dead bodies. Dang, it just makes me think of Tiger King. <laughs> that's not pigs, though. That's tigers. No, but this idea of feeding bodies to animals, I mean, in Florida, you can feed them to gators. Oh, well, yeah, they're hungry all the time. Yeah, but but it's not a new concept of one of the ways you can dispose of a body is by feeding it to an animal. That is by no means a new method of body disposal. No. You also don't need technology or, like, internet for that or anything. So it's a no. very old school method of either dig a hole or give it to an animal. Well, and again, if you're giving it to an animal, you're not having to worry about remains being found. Evidence. And this is also prior to a point where there's any DNA testing. True. So you can't, like, get some pig poop and be like, I should test this in case it might be human. Question. 
I'm going to ask this to the vegetarians, so I don't know how well this will go over. (laughs) Sure. If a pig eats a human, and then a human eats a pig that eats a human, is that considered, like, partial cannibalism? No. Okay. Well, because you're not not ever eating a part of the pig that... Like, if you ate the pig's stomach and there were still human remains inside? Question mark? <laughs> but that's not... I mean, again, I'm a vegetarian. It's been a hot second since I've eaten meat. But in my remembrance of such things, you're not eating pig's stomachs, are you? Not, I'm, no. I'm not eating pig's, period. So uh, I was just curious, hypothetically. But that's a whole <sighs> different rabbit hole we don't need to go down. <laughs> no, because, like, you're eating the flesh of the animal and the flesh isn't... I don't know. No, I'm going to say no. (laughs) Just had to throw it out there. A little existential moment. (laughs) Sure. You are what you eat. But again, what you're eating (laughs) is still the pig, not the human. But then it just makes you human. And then, you know, back to square one. What came first, the chicken or the egg or the egg that ate the human? I don't know. Yep. You know, that's the true motto of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, So... uh, they're they're uncovering bodies. People are flocking to town. Body counts up to twelve, with also like a bunch of miscellaneous body parts Yeesh. that they're they're kind of having trouble like placing with a person. Um, in fact, there was there was one account that was later uh, given that was describing what what things look like, and it said. Arms hacked from the shoulders down, masses of human bone wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly. Anyone eating right now? You're welcome. Jelly. What a description. Loose flesh that dripped like jelly. This is giving me Halloween inspiration for like an appetizer. (laughs) I want to make an ASMR that's just describing what flesh hanging off of human bones is like. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Um, as speculation about whether or not Belle had faked her own death grew, a story ran in the Chicago Inter-Ocean claiming that the corpse that was supposedly Belle Gunnis, even allowing for the missing head, oh, feet, that was it. She was missing her feet. Got it. Was a woman 5'2 and weighing approximately 75 to 130 pounds, which, depending on the report you read, that's a big range. Um, uh, we talked about this. Belle was tall. At a minimum, she was 5'7. Right. She weighed around 220 pounds, give or take 10 pounds. Sure. This is not the same woman. Oh, different body. <laughs> I'm sorry. I again. I'm. I. I'm saying this without all of the proper evidence. 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 But from what I'm reading, I am hard pressed to believe that this is the same person. Uh, there's also there's just sightings, man. There's sightings left and right. People are spotting Bell Gunnis. It's like Elvis level. On May 9th, uh, still shifting through all the. <laughs> This is awful. All the pieces that they're finding. The sheriff hired a gold miner to sift through particles from the cellar, specifically looking for Bell's gold tooth. Teeth. Mm Mm-hmm. So remember I said press save on that? Yep. So the whole philosophy being, I guess, that... um, uh, the fire would not have been hot enough to melt her gold tooth. So if they found gold teeth, then that's like further proof that the, the body they found was hers. But there was no head. Well, it doesn't. But but if it burned, you might still find a gold tooth. And that's what they're saying. that The head could have burned, but the gold tooth would have remained. Okay. So, um, and, and so the, this miner is sifting through things. He finds eight men's or pieces of eight men's watches pieces okay uh, well because they burned again right, so right, this right. this but it solidified this idea and it solidified the sheriff's beliefs that that they'd found probably all the bodies they were going to find a number of rings were found and also 
Teeth? Two bridges were found. Like teeth bridges? Teeth bridges. Not like London Bridge is falling down. Because that'd, like, like, that'd be like, that'd be ridiculous. That's a weird thing to find in the remains of a bridge. <laughs> that would be a weird thing to find. No. Uh, uh, teeth bridges. Okay. So a local dentist was able to identify them. Oh. And? The upper ones she'd gotten in Chicago, but the lower set had been made local. Also, again, this is not the only time we've had a dentist step in and be like, oh, yeah, that's my work. That, didn't that just happen, I think, on one of our recent episodes? Well, it was Lake Crescent. It yeah. was our soap lady. Yeah. yeah. We, it, it wasn't oh, a recent episode, but we just, we just redid talked it. about it. Yeah. yeah. We, we did a, for those of you who were not there, which was most of you because there was not that many people there, uh, <laughs> Ghost Daddy himself requested that we do a live uh, reading reading of of the late crescent episode because he really dug it so <laughs> dug it so we um we we <laughs> just recently revisited it for a group of people which is where it's kind of fresh in our heads that was the dentist one that i was referencing that was the dentist yeah, yeah. so could bell have left the bridges herself could she have like pulled them out um may- maybe sure it's possible uh there was a real molar attached to the bridge, and you can actually find pictures of this online. But it means if she pulled this out, she pulled her own teeth out, too. That's rough. That's, like, not easy to do. Not easy to do, although, again, I kind of feel like if anyone would do it, Belle Gunnis would Yeah, she's do it. pretty badass. She was pretty badass. Um... So even though there's still a lot of doubt about whether or not the body found was hers, she is declared dead. Despite having an alibi that he was with a woman, there were eyewitnesses who saw Ray Lamphere fleeing the scene. Oh. So he is charged with her murder, her children's murder, Andrew Helgelian's murder, and arson. Wait, I have questions. All right, I have hopefully answers. Why would he be charged with Andrew's murder? That was one of the few bodies they could actually identify. So they're just assuming that Bell didn't do that. They're assuming that whoever came in and burned the house down also killed all the bodies that were buried in the back? No, I think they're assuming that he was her accomplice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, and my brain she's, was not getting that. And she's, at this <laughs> point, quote-unquote, Dead. <laughs> So you can't charge her with it because no, she's, she's quote unquote dead, dead. But you can charge the dude who's left. So their their assumption being he knew what was going on and he had a hand in it. The trial begins in November of nineteen oh eight. There is a lot of contradictory information. P.S. Fun and. I struggled to find the official transcripts. I saw some notes saying that the official transcripts were lost. Huh. Uh, so there were some articles at the time that were helpful since they were quoting the attorneys. Sure. The prosecution opened by laying out a timeline. So prosecution said, instead of going back to work on the building for Harry Warwick, Lamphere remained in Laporte visiting various saloons. At nine, he wound up at Mrs. Smith's. This is the chick that would later be his alibi. Ah, Mrs. She's married. Eh, was. Who knows? Could be widowed. Fair. You, you kept the Mrs. then if you were widowed or if you were married and then not. He went out and got some beer at Mrs. Smith's suggestion. Lamphere set the alarm clock at Mrs. Smith's for three of the morning of April 28th. There will be a dispute about this, but we will prove it by Lamphere's own statement. He went out of the house about 20 minutes after 3. The fire occurred about 4 o'clock. By his own statement, we will show he was on the spot at the time of the fire. When asked why he did not wake up people when he saw the house burning, he replied, I didn't think that was any of my business. Oh. So basically what they're saying is that, yeah, you were with Mrs. Smith. So, yes, you had this alibi, but then y'all went to bed and you woke up. And left. And left. And you don't have an alibi for that period of time. Mm-mm. But there were still, there was a lot of people, not a lot, but there were people who said they saw him. Which is not helpful for him. 
You know, that doesn't make you look great, my no, bro. Not, no, not a, that's what we call bad news bears. Bad news bears. Um, one thing that did come out, there was definitely evidence. 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 To suggest the children may have been poisoned before the fire. Possibly that Belle, or the adult female whose body was found, who remains unknown, had also been poisoned before the fire. I read accounts, too, that Philip, who was the youngest child, had a hole in the forehead. Oh. Yeah, but I, again, references would be a little bit all over the place, but that would definitely suggest the children had been killed beforehand by someone. Sure. So now, the defense, they start pushing this narrative that the body found was not Bell's. Bell was still alive. He can't be found guilty of a murder if the person isn't actually dead. So Lamphere's attorney had a local jeweler testify that though the gold in the bridge work had emerged from the fire almost undamaged, the heat of the fire had melted the gold of the watches and jewelry that had been found. Oh. That's weird. That's weird. It gets better. So local doctors conducted an experiment to see if they could recreate what would have happened during the fire. So like OG Mythbusters? OG Mythbusters. They attached a piece of bridge work to a human jawbone. <gasps> what? They put it in a blacksmith's forge. Like what? Mythbusters. <laughs> so the real teeth disintegrated. The porcelain teeth were warped and changed as was the gold. That's interesting. That's interesting. So the plot thickens. Yes, Bell's farmhand, Joe. We remember Joe, our Joe. friend Joe. Joe. Good old Joe. Him and another man testified. They'd seen that miner. Do you remember that miner who was hired to sift through the things? Was he a miner miner or just like a regular no, miner? No, he was, he was just a gold miner. <laughs> he was of age. <laughs> they testified. They'd seen him take the bridge work out of his pocket. Ooh. And plant it just before <gasps> it was quote unquote discovered. Uh oh, that's even a thicker plot right there. It's a mic drop right there. Don't drop your mic, it's expensive. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it's another check in the column that Belle is alive and faked her own death. Yeah. Lamphere's attorney, Wirt Worden. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Wirt Worden. Who Hashtag Kim's him? favorite names. Wirt. 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 W-I-R-T. Wirt. 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 That's such a rude name. Who That's named their child name. Wirt? No, no. It's the best name. Excuse me. Excuse me. It is the best name. Okay, fair. I think you should Wirt. put Wirt. His name is Wirt. It feels like he's hurt. Hurt Wirt. <laughs> It's just Wirt, man. Wirt Warden. Good old WW, like Wait Walt Watchers. Whitman. <laughs> I like that you went Weight Watchers and I went Walt Whitman. How about Walter White? Thank you. How dare you? <laughs> but our friend Wirt Warden. <laughs> hashtag Kim's favorite names. Um, he's questioning doctors. About something unusual about the bodies. I gotta say, man, I I read a bunch of words. <laughs> Sorry, it's hard to even say that with straight face. <laughs> I read a bunch of his um, cross-examinations, a bunch of his questionings, and he kind of seems like a badass. So not only does he have a cool name, but you actually think he's cool. Oh, I absolutely think he's cool. If I, I would almost <clears throat> want to ask if he's single, except that he's probably been dead, dead. for a while. Yeah, I know. Gabby, it's okay. Know. Kim, you Listen. can still date him. He'll be a ghost, and then we can cover you on the next topic of dating a ghost. That's You know what? Still wouldn't be the worst person I ever dated. No, but be the worst person you've ever dated. <laughs> <laughs> and you went there. Oh. oh, you set it up so easily. I couldn't not. I, that, you know, usually I see it coming. I did not see that one coming. Oh, yes, she that's said what that. she said. <laughs> yes, she said it. I know. I know. All right. Let's move on. This is a bit between um, Warden and a Dr. Gray who had examined the bodies. Okay. Warden. 
Are you familiar, doctor, with the post-mortem conditions of a body when death has been caused by strychnine? Poison. Dr. Gray, I have seen several. Warden, would strychnine leave the hand clenched as this hand was? Referring to the dead woman's hand. Dr. Gray, yes. Warden, it is the usual symptom, is it not? Dr. Gray, yes. Warden, isn't the fact that when you made your examination and wrote a verdict, you stated it was impossible to determine the cause of death? Dr. Gray, yes, sir. That's interesting. That, that so, tells me that the doctor's getting called out on his shit. Is what it doctor's getting like. called out on his shit. But so the hand is clenched, right? Right. Dead woman, the dead woman found in the building, her hand's clenched. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That is weird. Hand clenching is a sign of strychnine poisoning. Yep. Mm-hmm. What did Bill Gunnis use to use sometimes to kill people? Poison. Yeah, strychnine. Arsenic. Mm, arsenic and strychnine. Mm-hmm. So it's it's and with Dr. Gray not wanting to full on like come on board with this, but that's significant. But more so. John Anderson was a man who lived down the road from the Gunnis farm. He is called to the stand. Wirt Warden questions him, and he says, Mr. Anderson, did you see Mrs. Gunnis shortly before the fire? Anderson says, yes, I did. On the Saturday evening before the fire, she was driving by in her buggy, and she stopped to ask how the flowers were getting along. Warden, was anybody with her? Anderson There was a strange woman with her. Warden, describe her, please, Mr. Anderson. Anderson, she was a large woman, not quite as large as Mrs. Gunnis. Huh. Warden, did you ever see her again? Anderson, never. After the fire, I told the sheriff about her. Hello? A woman, a little smaller than Belle, who is never seen again, right before the fire. Hi. That's pretty, like, flashing red lights. Flashing red lights. And again, reasonable doubt. Yeah. So ultimately, in November of 1908, Lamphere was convicted of arson in connection with the fire, but he's found not guilty of the murders. Okay. This is big because um, even though he's sentenced to to 2 to 21 years, that's a big spread. It's a really weird range. It's a weird range, but if he'd been convicted of the murders, he would have gotten the gallows. Sure. He would have been executed. And uh, sadly, honestly, he... (laughs) He still died very soon. He died a year later on December 30th of 1909 of tuberculosis. So he didn't even last very long. He wrote a letter to his mother uh, shortly after he was sentenced where he would say, try to console yourself in the fact that I am innocent. So he's standing by this, this innocence plea. So he dies in 1909. Okay. But shortly after his death, on January 14th of 1910, the Reverend E.A. Shell would come forward with a confession that he said Lamphere made just before he died. A verbal confession that Shell would write down. According to Shell, Lamphere told him that Bell was still alive. <gasps> that he had never committed a murder himself, but he had helped Bell dispose of bodies. Bodies. He said she would treat the men who arrived to see her well, would make them comfortable, and then drug or poison them. When they were incapacitated, she'd hit them on the head with a cleaver, with something else. She would take the bodies to the basement, and she would take them apart. Oh. 
like they were farm animals. She'd bury them mostly, but sometimes she wasn't feeling up to that. So she'd chop them up finer and feed them to what, Gabby? The pigs. The pigs. Now, according to his confession, the headless body that had been found was a woman from Chicago. Belle had lured her to the home under the guise of needing a housekeeper. The night of the fire, she chloroformed her children, smothered them, moved them to the basement with the now headless corpse of the woman she had killed. Now, this is awful, but I have to say... I can't believe I'm saying this. She chloroformed them, then smothered them. (sighs) They probably suffered less than a lot of the people she killed. It's not good. No. But uh, dying by fire fucking sucks. She put the corpse in her clothes, took out her bridge work so the body could be identified as hers... That to me was a little bit weird because if we're going back to the uh, the guy eyewitnesses, who planted it, yeah. So I don't know if it's saying and and there was like some of her real teeth in there, so that's a whole other thing. Um, but he says that she set fire to the house and left. He also claimed there was another accomplice, but there was no details really offered beyond that. Lamphere said that Bell had murdered 42 men he knew of. Holy shit. Probably more. That she had saved a huge amount of money from all of her victims. What could potentially be, by today's standards, millions of dollars. Dang. She'd taken out almost all of her savings before the fire, which the banks did verify. Okay. Just as weird. A little side note. Ray Lamphere's tombstone was actually stolen. Oh. Yeah, so he, you know, he dies and his tombstone is stolen and it wasn't until 2015 someone donated a new one to mark his grave. It took that long? It took that long. Dang. So what happened to Bell? Well, we might not ever know for sure. At this point we probably won't. Uh, sightings didn't stop. There was even a woman who was pulled off a train in May of 1908 shortly after the house burned down. She was detained until they could prove that she was not actually Belle Gunness. Through the years, sightings never really amounted to anything. Uh, in 1931, there was a woman, Esther Carlson. She was arrested for murdering a man who was in her care to take his money. She died in prison before the trial could begin, but two people who'd lived in Laporte and knew her looked at the body and said, with authority, that is Belle Gunness. She would have been about 72 at the time. There was, actually, there was a picture found amongst her belongings that also seemed to resemble the children. Take that for what you will. Sure. I think all old-timey children look the same. Sorry. They really do. They really do. (laughs) Weird and creepy. Yeah. In late 2007, a team of forensic anthropologists and grad students from the University of Indianapolis got permission to dig up the supposed remains of Belle Gunness and try and confirm if it was indeed her using DNA from one of the envelopes to a letter she'd sent. Cool. Super cool. Unfortunately, the DNA sample was uh, too far degraded. So I was going to say, that's really yeah. old. It's old, although, again, they're doing some really impressive work yeah. with, with DNA. Um, but again, the, this was not the day. This was not their day. It doesn't mean it won't come at some point. This was not it. All in all, her number of victims lies somewhere between 14 to 42, maybe even more. A memorial gravestone was erected in honor of the victims who were never identified. But some of those victims might still be hanging around. Oh, do we have ghosts? We have some alleged... Allegedly. Alleged ghosts. Ghosts. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so it isn't it isn't that shocking to think that the Gunnis property has reports of ghosts. Sure. Yeah, sure. The farmhouse obviously is is not there anymore. It burnt down. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
but uh, there, there's it was it was a big property. There are now a number of houses that have been built where this property used to be. Oh shoot! <laughs> when I was researching this, it was a lot of your typical ghost stuff, like screams, orbs. I'm trying to not roll my eyes at orbs, y'all, but like it's you dust. Probably feel me. Listen, 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 Gabby, Gabby, listen, 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 <laughs> listen, listening. Listen. <sighs> Listen. Okay, so I'm I'm not saying that orbs cannot be paranormal. Absolutely not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I get shown a lot of pictures. I get a lot of people showing me pictures on tours. I get sent pictures. I got a picture. I, I told you about this. I got a picture the other day. No, it was a video. Sorry. I got a video the other day from someone's um, camera, ring phone, whatever. Ring phone? That's not real. Ring phone. Ring, <laughs> ring camera? doorbell. I don't know what it is. It was like an outdoor camera. Or so. No, it. I don't know. It was. It was a camera. It was a camera. They sent me this video, and they were like, "I think I have a demon." And I was like, "No, you have a spider. <laughs> you have a spider, sir. I'm sorry. Burn your house down." Um. <sighs> orbs without more evidence without it it sends a single picture it doesn't mean much if you send a series of pictures sure it's easier to take a look at we've talked about this you know how i feel about we haven't talked about about it in a while i feel like so if anyone's new listening to us they may not know what we're talking about but orbs are often like dust particles or bugs yeah like the time reflections the time i was told to go into a park and take flash photos and they told me it was a bunch of orbs and i was like those are bugs that's not no one light reflection it's so easy to get something that looks like an orb that's Mm -hmm. reflecting off of light Mm -hmm. uh it, it is in no way to say that there cannot be legitimate paranormal things happening in an orb photograph it's just It's why we ask people to take a series of pictures, because just looking at one, it's really hard to determine what it is we're seeing. Mm -hmm. So Yesterday America did a whole article on some of the hauntings. Um, Like, someone actually went around knocking on doors where the property used to be to try to get more info. And one woman was apparently, she was very unamused by this. She said, quote, damn kids. I don't know why I'm giving her this voice. I really like it. This is (laughs) Damn. Kids trying to catch a glimpse of those strange balls of light. Things make my dogs bark at all hours. I am sick of it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Police are apparently called to the area pretty frequently because people hear noises and they're worried something's wrong. Okay. Um, Or just, you know, it's human. There was an instance reported of an officer being called to the area because it sounded like there was a fight, but then when he got there, there was... Nobody there. I mean, they could have left. I bet. God bless you, because this is the sculling in action. Because, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking when I read this. I was like, yeah, they were maybe afraid the cops had been called, so they peaced out. Just a normal thing that real people and not ghosts do. That's what real people do. Uh, Not so, like. Okay, I don't, not to like completely discount the possibility of a haunting, but hearing strange noises from a nearby property isn't the same thing as hearing a weird noise inside your own home when you're the only one there. That's a little weirder. Like, do you, do you know how often I hear weird noises, Gabby? Uh, you you have, haunt them with me. You, you have haunted dolls that you collect, ma'am. And I live near a hospital. That's true. We heard weird things that we had to keep pausing for tonight while we were recording. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a couple accounts of her ghost specifically popping up, um, like not just at the farm either in some nearby businesses, which I like, okay, sure. It could be a residual haunting. could be someone else entirely. We don't know. Uh, she most likely did not die there. So if it's intelligent, I doubt it, (laughs) but again, who, who knows? Who knows? For a woman who was so notorious at the time of her killings, her reputation has not been as notorious as some of her male counterparts. Okay. There's a number of books and novels about her. She pops up in songs from time to time. Sure. There's been a, a couple stage productions. There's one. I love this. I was I was finding some info on this when I was doing some digging. Belle Gunness, The Murder Musical. Ooh. Yeah, I need to experience that this. That is up your alley on, like, this every level. Up. 
my alley. Tracy Lord starred as Belle Gunnis in a movie called The Farm, which uh, was about a year ago. Really? And I was trying, yeah, I was trying real hard to find a place to watch it. I was unsuccessful. I'm going to keep trying. And if I do, we will post about it. Because I need Tracy Lords playing Belle Gunnis in my life. Although, P.S., I've seen pictures of Belle Gunnis. She did not look like Tracy Lords. <laughs> Full stop. I was going to say, I found The Farm, and that's like a totally different movie. Oh, yeah. There's one from like 2015. It's a horror film from like 2015, I yeah, think. Yeah, 2018. 2018, excuse yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. Very different movie. Um, I, I will say, like, I'm not going to lie. I think it's bonkers. There has not been a bigger budget film or a series about her life. I keep hearing rumblings yeah. of things in production. We'll keep our eyes out. This is such a bizarre and sad and weird case. Mm -hmm. But what I will say, if anyone out there still thinks that women are not as brutal as men... I offer a Bell Gunnis as a respectful rebuttal. Yeah, and also I say LOL to you. Well, they've not hung out with me for the evening, so there you go. <laughs> Fair. So welcome. <laughs> Gabby, why can't I get a date? Mm. Oh, um, wait. You, you could. What was his name again? Which one? The Wilt? Wh oh, the dead lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I can get dates with dead lawyers. Perfect. Yay. It's what my mother always dreamed for me. <laughs> and this brings us to... <laughs> Creepy Critics Corner. Creepy Critics Corner. Kim. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Just thought it was so funny. What are you watching? Uh, well, as of this recording, I'm still smack dab in the middle of 100 Days of Horror, but I did find time to start watching season two of the Chucky series. Oh, I heard it was really good. I haven't seen it. I actively judge people who have not watched it, and that's a lie. But I, I do think <laughs> it's, it's, I'm judging you all right now. It's really fun. It's really good. I loved the first season. The second season has been a blast already, and there's only a couple episodes that have aired so far. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the original series. One of the things I really appreciate is, uh, you know, it's, it's a TV series and yet they've managed to, um, somehow take all of the franchises and, or all of, excuse me, all of the different parts of the franchise, all the different films involved and still make them canon to the TV series? It's pretty impressive. And part of it's impressive. Part of that is that Don Mancini, who's the showrunner, and Don Mancini is uh he wrote Child's Play, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, and Bride of Chucky. He wrote all of those, and then he started directing them at Seed of Chucky. He Directed and wrote Seed of Chucky. He directed and wrote Curse of Chucky. He directed and wrote Cult of Chucky. Mm -hmm. uh, and now he directs and writes and executive produces the TV series. So this is somebody, this is, it's it's rare to get somebody like this stick with yeah. a series for that long. But he loves the characters. I love the queer representation is really fantastic nice. on the show. It's funny. It's ridiculous. Brad Dorf, who voices Chucky. Like what? This is such a great gig for him because he, you know, he he's older at this point. I think he's like my parents' age. He's got to be in his seventies. Uh -huh. um, and I I love Brad Dorf. I think he's a fantastic actor. But I also just love you know he gets to show up and do voiceover work, and is obviously having a good time. Yeah. Um. It's it's just it's a ridiculous show. It's such a good time. And Devin so Saw is in it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple times over, which will make sense if you've watched the show. Nice. But it's, uh, yeah, second season I'm fully on board for. It's 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 just a blast. The uh, other show, or no, it wasn't a show, excuse me. Uh, the other thing I watched recently, I, I just watched um, 
Beast. Oh. Which uh, Idris Elba is. Um, oh, yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. Of it. He's. He's like a, he's a father whose whose wife had died, and he brings his kids to um, Africa, and uh, they end up getting kind of stalked by this lion. I'm a sucker for a killer animal, anything. Yeah, you love killer animals. I love killer animals, and it's a great cast. Uh, you've got him. You've got um, oh, what's his name? He was the the lead actor in District Nine. Uh, and I'm completely blanking on his name, but he's fantastic. He's a, a South African actor. Um, oh, this is going to really bother me. I'm going to have to look this up because this is going to drive me absolutely bonkers. Um, oh, um, I might be mispronouncing his name. Um, Charlto Copley. Oh, I don't know. But he's great. He's a he's a, a South African actor and he's he did District Nine, which is a great film, and then popped up in a bunch of other films. He he's in it too. And he's a fantastic actor. It's just it was it was really solid. It was a good time. I, I love a good killer lion, great acting across the board. I thought it was very entertaining. So nice. that's kinda where I've been at. What have you been watching? I actually watched a movie, it's newer on Hulu, um, that I think you would really enjoy. And as the Shakespeare lover that you Hellraiser. are, oh, sorry. Uh, not Hellraiser is not Shakespeare to my knowledge. Um, oh, it is. It absolutely is. It's <laughs> canon. What? What are we talking about? Hellraiser um, was absolutely written by William Shakespeare. Well, you know who did write Romeo and Juliet is your mom. And I had my dog barking in the background. I'm so sorry for that, friends. Um, but it's a movie from Hulu. It is called Rosaline. And the perspective of it is great. It's a comedy. It is basically the story of Romeo and Juliet told from the perspective of Rosaline, who is mm-hmm. Juliet's cousin and mm-hmm. the person that Romeo first had eyes for, if you don't mm-hmm. recall, for those listening. Um there is a uh, there are a couple people in it. It's a mostly like newer cast, but um, okay. the person who plays uh, Rosaline is Caitlin Dever, who was in. Um, Isn't Minnie Driver in that? Yeah, she actually is also. Yeah, she, she plays the, the nurse. Um, yeah, but Booksmart is where I know uh, mm. Caitlin Dever from, and so mm-hmm. the style. I don't know if you ever saw Booksmart. Did you ever see that movie? I saw Booksmart. So yeah, like it's a little this, bit wild, yeah. It's really wild, but like that style of comedy and like sarcasm written into characters is exactly mm-hmm. how this storyline is told. In the sense of like, it's not told in old English like Shakespearean style, and the way that they portray Romeo is the funniest shit I've ever seen because they just portray him as a poet who's dumb and uses the same lines on all the girls and it's very funny that that tracks yeah it's it's, i think that you would get a kick out of it you would think it's like light and funny and cute um Mm -hmm. but it also i thought it was smart too like some of the lines in it and some of the characters are just really funny um Mm -hmm. so i thought that was really great and i just happened on a whim to see it and say "Eh, why not let's try it out see how it goes and i actually ended up really enjoying it um so i saw that and then also i've been hanging out on hulu lately um it is called Little Demon. It is a animated show. Um, oh, I've seen, I've seen commercials for this, but I haven't watched it. So Danny DeVito plays uh, <laughs> Satan. Um, it looks cute. And basically, yeah, it's super cute. Again, I think you would also like this at some point in time when you have time, LOL, to watch anything else. Um, but it's basically, the premise is there's this badass mom who has this daughter who is the the spawn of Satan and um, is starting to get powers as a teenager. And the mom is, like, super into, like, Satanism and witchcraft and stuff and is arguing with Satan about raising their daughter. Um, And it's kind of like a heartfelt story about a daughter or a young girl getting to know her dad for the first time, but also throwing in, like, dark comedy and, you know, hell, Satan, demons, stuff like that. very funny. Well done. But uh, okay. there's a uh, there's a bunch of different people that guest in it as voices. So um, I would look into it. It's really entertaining. It's light. It's funny. It's a, a good time when you want to have like a switch, a change of pace in like horror or true crime or something funny, but also still kind of dark. Nice. And that's that's what I've been watching lately. But cool. it's actually about to be Halloween. 
Um, and this is, is this is our last episode before <gasps> Halloween happens. Before spooky time. Before spooky time. I mean, again, spooky time is all oh, the time. It's all the time. Yeah, uh, I live in spooky time. But we wanted to gift you guys extra content and episodes for spooky season specifically, so you're welcome. Uh, and uh, enjoy some extra true crime for October. Um, and Kim has really handled the true crime topics this month. So I wanted to give her a quick shout out to all the awesomeness that she has brought to October. Um, and to the true crime fest was awesome too. So speaking of, you know, extra content, I wanted to just briefly share some information for other content you can see soon. One thing is that actually during the Pacific Northwest true crime fest, Kim and I actually got to get, got to get, we, were interviewed um, by a podcast magazine, which was pretty cool. So you should be seeing... It was fun. Yeah, super cool. Um, you'll be seeing some uh, publications of our interview uh, in the next, I believe, six months or so. Six like, months or so, yeah. Yeah, they said around probably closer to like spring, summertime. So we'll keep you posted anytime that gets um, published so y'all can check it out. The mm-hmm. other thing I wanted to kind of plug is our ghost daddy himself, um, Jake actually has a uh, program called uh, Ghostly Activities. And with Ghostly Activities, he's put together uh, a few shorts on um, YouTube that actually were pitched to the Travel Channel, which is kind of cool. Um, One is live right now. It is called the Sunset Theater Investigation. Um, And it takes place in Wells, British Columbia. Uh, and it's this is a little tidbit from him. The town of Wells, uh, BC, invited the paranormal road trippers to investigate several haunted locations in town. One of those places, Sunset Theater, proved that the spirits love to perform for you. Uh, this video on YouTube, if you look up Sunset Theater Investigation, um, the ghost hunting documentary, you can see that there. And actually, what's really exciting, too, is that there's going to be another one coming out October 24th, which will be a day before this comes out. So it should be out now by the time you're listening to this um, Uh called Ghosts at the Inn. So look that up on YouTube for ghostly activities and support our dear friend Ghost Daddy. So check that out, too, if you want some extra ghoulish content. Um, but having said that, thank you so much for listening. If you want to find us anywhere on the internet, just look up Ghoulish Tendencies and figure it out. Uh, mm-hmm. We also have a Patreon, and we'll be adding actually some extra content to there from our past lives coming soon. <laughs> um, so if you want to hear what we sounded like before we had our shit together, Lord, check out our Patreon in the next month. Um, and also, if you like what we do, give us a rating and a review. We'd really appreciate it. Um, having said that, thank you for listening and stay. stay.